Try to drug an R-word, an innocent girl at a party. No, not while I'm here. Here's what happened. There's some backstory here. I used to steal from stores and family, swear and throw things at random people walking down the street, and smoke from the age of 12 and didn't care about anyone but my friends. They were my real family, or so I thought. And the group of all five of us would cause trouble every single day. My parents, though, in my later years have told me that they should have been more effective in their discipline really weren't to blame. I was just a mixed up kid. I used to think that doing all this stuff made me cool. I can't really describe how superior I felt when I made a grown adult afraid of me. It made me feel powerful and power was something I craved when I was younger. I could go on and on about my sins, but the fact is I was messed up in the head. I've made amends where I can to who I could, but you're not here for this. You're here for the revenge. Long story short, when I was 16 years old, my parents finally had enough. And despite all my tantrums and screaming and even some physical situations, against my dad, they decided to put me in a school for troubled youth. I call it a school, but what it really was, was a military institution that taught discipline in the most brutally effective ways, while throwing in some literacy and numeracy classes along the way. Without going too much into detail, I'll say that this school changed me. While aggressive, violent, cocky, and totally off the hinges when I was first dumped at their doorstep, the man who ran this camp broke me down. I was there for just over a year. No phone calls, no visits from home, no access to the outside world. For one year, I had this camp and these counselors. These real-life, hard-as-nails men teach me just how much of a jerk I really was. By the end of my second summer, I was a changed kid. I had fought and screamed and gotten my butt kicked more times than I can count, but eventually, I was beaten down. These men taught me that real men simply don't act the way that I did and that that type of path I was headed down would lead me either in jail or dead. They were brutally honest about it, especially this one counselor, Jay. By the end of my stay, I considered Jay a second father, though I hated him at first for making me feel inferior. He really did me a favor teaching me how toxic my behavior was and to this day, I still think of him as something more of a hero. He was the main person who deemed me ready to be returned home. When I returned home, I had changed from a little jerk to a somewhat civilized young man ready to take on my last year of high school. I was nervous to go back since I had adapted to the disciplinary school lifestyle, but I was also excited. I missed my friends and I hoped they would just accept me back despite the fact that I hadn't spoken to any of them in over a year. And to my relief, I was accepted back with open arms. One of my closest friends had moved states since I'd been away, but the other three were ecstatic to see me. Over the next few weeks, I settled down. I didn't spend a lot of time with them outside of school. My parents were kind of testing how much I've matured since returning and were setting boundaries on when I could go out, how long I could stay out, and where I could go, etc. I was determined to prove to them that I wasn't the same screw-up that had ruined their lives all those years, so I followed their rules, and I only really talked to my friends during school. All of this is relevant because of what happened next. I had joined the school football team. All three of my friends were a part of it, and after one evening of practice, all my teammates were in the gym sweaty and dirty but pleased with ourselves I was laughing and chatting with my three best friends so much I really didn't notice that we were the last ones left in the gym but that's where the conversation started turning bad. One of my friends I'll call him F1 for friend number one for simplicity started telling me about a college party that they were all planning to go to and how they'd been crashing college parties for a few months now since it was easy access to girls and getting sloshed. I was hesitant about it because I didn't think my mom and dad would agree 
agreed to let me go. But then F1, friend one, started talking about this girl he was planning on inviting. A girl who went to the same school as us, but not one I thought F1 had any real relationship with. I knew her, but I didn't know her. He started to tell my other friends and me that he'd been trying to get frisky with her for a while and she kept making excuses. So he planned on taking her to the party and finally smashing. When I asked him in a joking way, what makes you so sure she won't reject you again? He looked me dead in the eye and said as casually as you please, the most chilling sentence I have ever heard in my life. I'm just going to slip something in her drink. It'll loosen her up. No problem. At first, I kind of awkwardly laughed, thinking it was some kind of messed up joke, but they weren't laughing with me. When I asked him if he was serious, he told me he was sick of her BS games and knew she was just stringing him along and that the pills would just make things easier. I could not believe my ears. I excused myself from the conversation pretty quickly and practically bolted home, most likely driving through several stop signs, but I really don't remember. I spent the whole night convincing myself that my friends were just messing around. A few more days pass and the conversation in the locker room is all but forgotten, though they hadn't shut up about the party and kept insisting I should just sneak out and join them. I got called a wimp repeatedly for telling them I wasn't going because of my parents, but again, I just brushed it off. Then it finally hit the fan. During yet another after-school training session, we all end up last in the lockers and friends one F1 does something I never would have expected in a thousand years. All three of them have been talking about this party the whole time. Then F1 starts rummaging through his gym bag, tells us to look at this and tosses F2 friend two, a small bag of little pink pills. Immediately, I feel the blood drain from my face like bombs going off in my head and a voice in my mind screaming, oh my God, this is really happening. This is serious. Oh my God. It's really hard to describe what I was feeling when F1 started going into detail about how he planned on inviting the girl to the party, slipping something into her drink and making use of one of the frat boys' bedroom for a few hours. I was sick. Like literally, I could have hurled everything from my stomach all over the floor as I listened to all three of them talk about how awesome the party was going to be after just describing what they were going to do to this girl. I couldn't take it. And again, I ran off. I actually did end up puking later that night, going over and over in my head what I had just witnessed. I just couldn't believe it. These three boys had been my friends for 15 years. I thought of them as my own family, thought I knew them better than anyone, but one year I was away and this? I'll tell you, I actually broke down crying that night. I'm not ashamed to admit it. What I am ashamed of is how long I took to actually get a grip and handle it. I knew I should have told someone, but in some messed up way, my loyalties were still screwed up. Don't crucify me for it. I know what I should have done, but I was 17 years old and these were my best friends. I didn't want them to get in trouble, but at the same time, I knew I couldn't let this go down. So instead of reporting all I'd heard about like a normal person, I decided to sort it out all on my own. So I went to F1 and I told him not to do what he planned. Told him it was stupid and dangerous and it would ruin both his life and the life of the girl he was planning on doing this to. He didn't even blink. He got right in my face and told me that the school I got sent to had turned me into a huge wimp. That he hated how much I changed and had been trying to change me back with F2 and F3. He even told me how they'd been talking behind my back and how they planned to give me a turn once F1 was done with her. Just to show me what I was missing out on. Then he said something I'll never forget. He told me word for word, I'm doing that 
little bee a favor. She's a virgin. And after this party, your mom won't be the only one finally getting some. I punched him. We fought and we both got sent home on suspension for fighting. I could not believe it. I was seething. My best friend had said that to me. My best friend told me what he was going to do to an innocent girl at a party and that I was a wimp for not wanting to join. I was disgusted, sickened to my core, and I was done with him. My parents were disappointed that I had gotten suspended so shortly after coming home, but I just sat quietly while my mom cried and my dad screamed at me. I know now I should have told him, but after what F1 said to me, I had this insane notion in my head that I was going to get him back all on my own. So this is how I got revenge. After a weekend of being grounded, I went back to school and the first thing I did was seek out F1. He was about as bashed up as I was, but he was sporting a nice black eye from where I'd got him in the face. F2 and F3 were standing with him and they all glared at me as I approached them. Then I did something that made me feel sick. I apologized to him. I told him I was sorry I hit him and that he was right. I had changed and I hated what that school had done to me and I wanted to go back to being the old me again. And surprisingly, they all bought it. F1 and I even hugged it out and I put the cherry on top when I told them I'd be coming to the party. Now for my dumb teenage plan. First, I started recording them whenever we were alone together. I wanted to get everything they said about the party and the girl they were planning on doing this to on tape. I knew I needed some kind of proof or it would just be my word against theirs. And after a few days, I had gotten more than enough, but I wasn't done. No, my stupid self had a plan and I was going to fulfill it to the fullest. So the next thing I did was track down the girl, take her aside, and I told her everything. She was pissed and scared, but I begged her not to go to the police or to tell anyone. I know now that that was stupid as well, but for some reason she listened to me. I had a plan, a crazy, stupid plan to teach them all a lesson. So I told her to tell F1 that she was going to meet him at the party, but to just stay home so she could stay safe. Later that day, F1 started bragging about how the girl had accepted his invitation and everything was going to plan. And I sat there, phone half out of my pocket, recording the whole thing. So night of the party finally rolls around. And I sneak out because, you know, I was grounded. I think it's worth mentioning that I wasn't filled with vindication and self-righteousness throughout the whole night. I was second-guessing myself. I had doubts, but in some strange way, I felt betrayed. These three boys had been my brother since before I could throw a punch, and I felt betrayed that they had gone down this road. What messed with me in my head even more was the possibility that I might have been just like them if my parents hadn't sent me away. It was a strange moment of realization to come to in the middle of a crowded frat house surrounded by sloshed idiots, but you take what life throws at you. So the night goes on and F1 is getting steadily more frustrated that the girl he invited hadn't shown up. I'd made sure to keep him in my sights for the whole night, not wanting him to decide that any old girl would do if he couldn't take the one he wanted. I kept an eye on all of them, watching as they drank and drank while I stayed as level-headed as possible with some water inside of a can. When midnight came, all three of them were totally plastered, and I knew that all the girls at the party would be safe by then. By this time, the crowd is dying down and a few people who couldn't hold their bellies from being so sloshed were already passed out around the house. And now was my time to shine. While all three of them were occupied with a game, I hunted in F1's bag and found a little bag of pink pills. Here's what I did, something I'm not particularly proud of, but I'll tell you anyway. I slipped one pill into three drinks each and handed them to my friends and then waited. It didn't take long before all three were passed out on the floor 
floor, along with quite a few other party guests. I then took out a black permanent marker from my bag and wrote the word therapist on their foreheads without the word the. I took pictures and immediately uploaded them to our school's Facebook page so everyone who attended our school would see. Admittedly, I didn't really think this part through since I not only did this in full view of every other conscious person at the party, but also knew that the photos wouldn't last long on the school site before they were taken down. But since it was such a small school in a small town, I didn't doubt that a whole bunch of people would see it before a teacher removed the posts, and that's exactly what I wanted. Next came the recordings. When I got home, I got a verbal bludgeoning from my parents for sneaking out, but they stopped when I finally told them what had been happening. They were both shocked and a little bit in disbelief, but when I played them both the recordings I saved on my phone, they were just as sickened as I was. I was silent in the car as my dad drove me to the police station receiving a lecture about how I should have just come to him in the first place, and what I've done at the party wasn't necessary, but I felt like it was at the time. My phone had already been blown up with other students commenting on the pictures of my three ex-friends with that word written on their foreheads, and while a lot just laughed at them, many were questioning if there was any truth to it. It was what I wanted. I wanted everyone to know what they really were so they had nowhere to hide. The hours at the police station were admittedly very scary. I was still debating with myself whether or not I did the right thing, but my friends had chosen their own fate. I still felt hurt and betrayed that they'd allowed themselves to become this way, and even though I felt a little guilty for potentially ruining their future, I did what I thought had to be done. And long story short, the recordings were enough to get all of them on charges of planning to commit a crime. Since the girl F1 had been planning on drugging had been named, her parents were understandably furious and demanded that all three of my ex-friends to be arrested. I would have been too were it not for the girl telling her parents in the courts that I had warned her to stay away from F1 and the party. I was charged for my use of an illegal substance since I admitted to using the pills on my three ex-friends and also for battery since the permanent marker was seen as a form of assault. But luckily I never got jail time. I did get a boatload of community service though. All three of them were tried as adults in a case for this attempted crime, but only F1 actually got jail time since he was the one who'd gotten the pills and was the one who admitted to wanting to use them. The other two only got probation and community service for being accessories, but were completely shunned in our town. No one ever let them forget. I was prepared for the backlash, ready to be jumped by them or something, but strangely enough, I think seeing F1 go to jail for what he did seemed to knock some sense into the two of them, and they wised up enough to actually get into college without football scholarship since they were both kicked off the team. They never came anywhere near me again, which surprised me, but I no longer cared. In my mind, my friends were dead to me long before all this went down, and by this time, I moved away to college. It was all behind me. I'm now in my final year of college, and I still think about those three sometimes. I think about how if my parents hadn't sent me to that special school, I may have ended up just like them. Oddly enough, I do miss them at times, but I know it's just the memory of the kids I miss, not the men they turned into. I thank my parents continuously for sending me to that place, and even got some approval from Jay when I felt man enough to tell him what happened. I don't know what will happen to F1 when he gets out of jail, but a part of me hopes he learns his lesson and moves on with his life like I have. This is probably one of the most serious and intense stories that we've seen on the channel so far, because what these guys were planning on doing was beyond horrific. Even though the OP probably would have just been better off telling his dad, telling the police, doing all that as soon as possible, just so nothing could possibly go wrong, still ultimately, he did end up preventing anything from happening to this girl. But the thing is, they could have easily just changed their target at the party and gone after someone else. So thankfully, that is not what happened. Otherwise, this whole story would have been very, very 
different in terms of the outcome. And the OP is right when he tried to reason with them by saying, if you do this, not only do you ruin your life, you ruin her life forever. I wouldn't be surprised if this girl ends up having some sort of problems in the future just knowing that this is what was going to happen. Even though it didn't, I mean, she has to live knowing that this was all orchestrated and planned to happen to her. There's a few questions people asked, like whether or not he became friends with the girl in the story, and he said that sadly they didn't. They talked a lot after the court case and after, but they never really developed a friendship. So let me know what you guys thought about this story and what you would do in this situation down below.